How's everybody feeling? You're alive. Man, this service is alive, for real. It's joy watching everybody in worship. Um, I love this church. And, and I got I to gotta start out and give honor where honor is due. Can we make some noise for our lead pastors, Pastor Rob and Becca Ketterling? Thank you for, for starting this church and believing in us. I know that my wife Hannah and I, from being a part of this church, it's changed our lives. The mission of this church has changed our lives. So we love you so much. And secondly, I want to honor Pastor Kirk and Kaylee Graham, our campus pastors. Come on, make some noise if you love our campus pastors. For real, you guys have had an incredible impact on our lives as well. And, and uh, last but not least, I could do shout outs all day, so I better wrap it up. But um, last but not least, I want to honor my wife, Hannah. She's sitting right there in the second row. You're amazing. It's no secret that we have a couple of kids, and um, our fourth is on the way, so some of you know that. Um, Hannah's my hero, for real. She loves, she loves Jesus, loves people, takes care of our kids. You're amazing. Love you so much. Um, hey, thanks for coming to church this weekend. Do you believe that you made the right choice by coming to church? Come on, this is... We know this, but it is an, it's an honor that we get to spend time together in the house of God, in the presence of God. And we're going to jump into uh, the text in just a moment. But I want to share this before we go any further. And I, I find myself saying this to students as we, as we preach and communicate to them on Wednesday nights. Um, as we, right before we jump into God's word, I want to prep you by, by reminding you and saying this. This is something I try to remind myself. We believe at this church that the word of God is alive and active. We actually, we believe that every time we open up God's word, we have the opportunity to hear God's voice. And, and I have people come, come up to me all the time, young people, but even people who have been in the church a long time, and they, they'll say, Pastor Anthony, I'm struggling to hear God's voice. This is what I love. One of the things I love about this church is we focus a lot on the word of God, and it's because we believe that if you want to hear God's voice, you open up God's word. And so tonight, we're going to hop into God's word in just a moment, but I want to set the stage by by just encouraging you with this. You know, I'm going to read a passage that, that is maybe familiar to people in this room. It's called the Good Samaritan. I'm going to jump in in a moment. Um, it's a familiar passage, but don't let you being familiar with this passage exclude you from what God wants to communicate to you tonight. I believe that every single moment we spend in the presence of God, God has something that he wants to speak to you. And there's no doubt that we are living in, in a world, we're living in a time where things are constantly changing. You know, we, we actually joke about it. Like this, this is 2020. This has been a crazy year where the list goes on and on of things that we've seen happen. And yet I believe now more than ever that the church, that God is using the church to change the world and that the church is still the thing that is going to bring love to this world. It's going to bring compassion. It's going to bring the presence of God. And it's going to start with us opening up our hearts and saying, God, we want to hear your voice. So I'm going to read out of Luke chapter 10 tonight, just a few verses. This, this passage is, is titled The Good Samaritan. And really, it's an outline. Um, Jesus is having a conversation with some people. It's an outline on how we can effectively love people in our world. So check this out. It says, Luke chapter 10, verse 25. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked. What must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said, what is written in the law? How do you read it? And he, 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 answered, he answered Jesus, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. 
You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? In response, Jesus said, he said this, he tells a story. A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, they beat him, and they, they went away. They left him, leaving him half dead on the road. A priest happened to be going down the same road when he saw the man. He passed by on the other side once he saw him. So too, then a Levite was walking down the road and he came to where the man was and when he saw him, he passed by to the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He had compassion. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey. He brought him to an inn, and he took care of him. The next day, he, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. He said, look after this man, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense that you may have. Which of these three people do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robber? Jesus asked. The expert of the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus said, go and do likewise. Come on, let's pray before we ask God to, as we ask God to continue to show up in our lives. Jesus, we thank you. God, we, we thank you that your presence is here. Lord, we thank you that you are alive. God, we thank you that you are speaking to us. And God, even as crazy as it seems, with everything going on in the world, Lord, we thank you that we are alive in a time like this. We thank you that we are part of the church. God, we believe that you are wanting to use the church to change the world. God, we thank you for everything that you're doing through this church and through the people that are a part of it. And Lord, I pray that tonight as we spend time talking about your word, that, that, that we would not just let it be white noise. God, that we wouldn't just be people that come to church and go through the, through, the, through the same rhythm and same routine, but instead that we would open our hearts and we would say, God, whatever you want to speak to us, whatever you want to do in our lives tonight, God, we ask that you would do it. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Come on, everybody said. You can do better than that. Everybody said. Hey, let's just be honest for a moment. Confession time, and nobody raise your hand, otherwise it could get real awkward. But let's just be honest for a moment. I, we read a story like this, and, and, and if you're like me, you like to immediately think, you know, we read, man, there was, this, there was a guy traveling down the road, he gets beat up, and there's several people that pass him by, and finally, there's a guy who shows up and does the right thing. And, and I read a story like this, and I, I love to think automatically, I'm, man, I'm the good Samaritan. I would do that. I would love to help the guy. I would love to be the person who, who, who stops what I'm doing, goes out of my way and says, I want to help you because this is what Jesus has called me to do. But if we're being honest for just a moment, there are many times in our lives, you and I, where we find ourselves living in selfishness. In fact, it's no secret that we live in a world that, that actually, that actually proclaims this gospel of looking out for yourself. We live in a world that says, hey, look out for number one, because if you don't look out for yourself, then nobody's going to look out for you. And this is especially true in this time. You know, this is, we've gone through a global pandemic. We've gone through all kinds of things in our world. And, and time and time again, what it's done in people is it's given them this perspective and sometimes this mentality of like, man, I want to help the people around me, but also it feels like things are slipping out of my hands left and right. I need to hold on to everything that I have because I'm not sure 
if I'm going to continue to be provided for. This is, this is human nature. We find ourselves oftentimes living in a spot where we're like, man, I want to be selfless, but, but sometimes I'm actually, if I'm being honest, I'm a selfish person. And it actually starts when we're young. Um, I, I, I have young kids and I'm in the process. We're in the process right now of raising our kids to understand the love of Jesus in their life. And believe it or not, young kids sometimes fight. Do you know that, right? It's true. Sometimes, sometimes kids fight. And I, I was sitting at home the other night and, and just kind of watching my kids. We have three kids and, and uh, most nights in, in our household, it's, it's calm, it's peaceful, but there are those nights where it feels like it's the UFC and I don't know what happened, but people are going at it. No, it's not really that bad. I know, I, know you're looking, I know you're looking at me right now. You're like, man, Pastor Anthony's home is dysfunctional. This is crazy. It's not that bad. But there are moments where they fight, and I'm watching, I was watching uh, Webster play with some of his toys in the, in the living room, and, and Penny's at the stage where she's just starting to walk, and so she's crawling around a little bit, and then she'll stand up, and she'll walk some, and she actually walks over, crawls over to where he is, and, and I'm kind of watching it unfold, and I, I see that she's eyeing the things that he's playing with, the, the toys that he has, and I know what's coming, and sure enough, she makes her way over there, and she, she grabs one of his toys, and I think, man, this is going to escalate quickly. Like, I know, I know exactly where this is headed. Like, you, you know what I'm talking about. Anybody know how a good sibling fight can escalate real quickly? Starts out as a verbal conversation, and before you know it, somebody's getting a chair over the head. You're like, what happened? This is crazy. But then, like, 10 minutes later, you're like, this is my brother. If you touch him, I'm coming after you. Like, this is sibling love. This is what happens. But I can see it the moment that, the moment she takes this toy and she starts to crawl away and Webster just kind of looks at her and he kind of goes back to what he's doing and I'm like, oh man, I guess he was uh, not phased by this. It didn't bother him as much as I thought. And so I see her standing there playing with the toy and, and all of a sudden, sure enough, he comes running back through the living room and he hits her and knocks her over. She's like standing at a coffee table. She's holding that toy that she took. She's all proud. He comes running through and just knocks her over. And she's laying there and she's crying. And I think he like forgot that I was sitting on the couch in the living room because I'm immediately like, hey. And he, he did this thing where he turns and he's been doing this. It's actually, really, it's actually really cute, but frustrating in the moment. He just turned and he was like, Axel Innocent. He's like, what? <laughs> what? And, and, and I'm sitting there. And I'm actually like, parents in the room, you know this, like I'm trying not to laugh because this is a serious moment. Like this is a teaching moment. And he's like, what? And I don't say anything because I'm like, I'm just looking at him and he's like, what daddy, what, what? Like what, what, what do you? And I was like, where did you learn to do that to people? Did your mom teach you that? Like what in the world? You're like, who taught you how to fight like that? If, come on, if you know my wife, that's not true. She's super kind. She is tough though, it's true. And I, and I go over to where Webster is and I kneel down at his level and, and I start to talk to him about, hey, listen, buddy, this is not what we do. Like, I don't know where you, I don't know where you learned this, but that's not who we are. Like, as we love Jesus, it means that we give, it means that we share, it means that we love. It, it, it's like if somebody takes something from you, it, it doesn't mean that you do this. And, and, and I'm sitting there talking to him and I'm realizing very quickly that this is actually how a lot of us are. I mean, truly, like, we learn from the time we're young that, yes, like, we got to share. Yes, we got to give. But 
As I said a moment ago, in full transparency, if we're being honest, there's, there's actually many moments in our lives where we find ourselves operating with that same mentality, even if we wouldn't admit it. Saying, I, I want to be somebody who's selfless, but it's actually, it's actually a hard thing to do. There's some of us that, that, that it's interesting. We're the first to jump in and defend, defend the cause if it's about us. But if it's about helping a stranger, then it becomes a little more difficult. And this is where this story picks up. It's, a, it's an amazing story. There, there are moments in our life where we justify what's happened to other people because we either don't know the whole story or because of what we've experienced. And this is a powerful story. Because it says an expert in the law, we'll just call him a lawyer, is, is with this group of people. And, and he, he's asking Jesus this question. You know, Jesus is, is the person that's known for saying radical things. He, for saying things that truly challenge the people. And I know that there's people in this room that maybe you've heard this story a hundred times, myself included. But I want to be somebody that, that every time I'm in the presence of God, I, I, I let God increase my capacity to love people. Because the expert in the law says, Jesus, uh, you know, who is your neighbor? By the way, we think this is a crazy question. When we read the story, a lot of people think, what a dumb question. Like, we all know what a neighbor is. A neighbor is the person that you spy on and you talk bad about, but then when you need something, you walk over and knock on their door like, hey, do you have any sugar? We ran out. We're trying to make pancakes. And they're like, I've never talked to you in my life, right? (laughs) Come on, you know you watch your neighbors. It's true. Hannah and I are looking out the window sometimes. What are they doing over there? She's like, it doesn't matter. It's their house. Yeah, it's true. But what are they doing? Like, what? It's intriguing. (laughs) We think it's a crazy question. The expert of the law says, but Jesus, you say, the law says to love your neighbor. Who, Who is your neighbor? You know what's interesting? He was justified in asking this question because his understanding as a Jewish person was that in the Old Testament, they understood that their neighbor was actually defined as a fellow Jew. So he's hearing Jesus talk and, and he wants to clarify. And, and he kind of, I think he kind of knows the answer, but Jesus says, and replies by telling the story just like Jesus does. And he says, there's a man that was walking down the road and, and, and he was attacked by robbers and he was left for dead. And then Jesus says, sure enough, as chance would have it, I love this part of the story, Because as Jesus is there with this group of people, I'm sure that they're like, no way. This is like, what an amazing thing. There's a prophet that's walking down the road. This is incredible. He's going to save, there's a priest. He's going to save the day. This priest is going to save the day. He's a Jewish pastor. And Jesus says the priest walks down the road and he sees the man that's beaten, left for half dead. He actually goes to the other side of the road. Jesus says, next, a Levite comes down the road. And if you don't know what a Levite is, he he was a gatekeeper for the house of God. He was sometimes a musician. He had a role in the church. He was kind of secondary to the role of a priest. And and once again, I'm sure the people were like, this is his moment. This is what he was created for. He's going to step in and save the day. And Jesus says, he actually goes to the other side of the road. And lastly comes a Samaritan. Now, here's what you need to know, a little bit of context about the Samaritan. The Jewish people did not like Samaritan people. 
And Jesus understood this. In fact, in this culture, they didn't talk. They didn't get along. They didn't communicate. They would actually go out of their way. Jewish people go out of their way to avoid communication with the Samaritan. And what's crazy is Jesus has come to break down all these barriers. And he's, he's, he's starting to hint towards this idea that I'm bringing, I'm bringing a different idea. I'm bringing a different kind of love. And this love is not just for one person, but it's for everybody. And by the way, he's been saying this. He's been saying this and they still don't understand it. Uh, just a few chapters before this, Jesus, Jesus talks to a Samaritan woman at a water well. And he basically reveals to her, it's the first person he reveals to, I am the Messiah. It's a powerful moment because he's, he's reminding everybody, this is what I came to do. Jesus is not just for some people, but Jesus is for everybody. And so Jesus continues to tell this story. He says that the Samaritan man leans down, he, he, he bandages the wounds, he takes him to a hotel, he takes care of him there, but he, he basically, then in the morning, basically leaves his credit card and he says, hey, I'm going to come back and check on him. If there's any other expenses, then I want you to just go ahead and like charge it to me, I'll take care of it. It's a powerful story and Jesus ends, rather than answering the man's question directly, he says to the guy, to the expert in the law, he says, now you tell me which one of these people was a neighbor. And I love this moment because the expert in the law is forced to verbally say and articulate that it is in fact the man that he would least have expected to be a neighbor. The man that in his eyes had no chance of amounting to anything in society, that had less of worth and he, he says it's the one who showed mercy and Jesus says, then go and do the same. I said this earlier, but the world often preaches a gospel that we we need to look out for ourselves. And in the church, we know that Jesus lived opposite, that Jesus lived different, that Jesus was not this way, that when he came to earth, he said, I'm coming and I'm dying on the cross for everybody. I'm breaking down every barrier. I wanna make sure that people understand that Jesus is for every single person on this earth. And I, I know I just have a, in, in the last few moments that we spend together, there's a couple things I want us to pause on and think about for just a moment, because when we, even when we talk about the concept of the love of Jesus being for everybody, this is something that we're very familiar with. But there's so many times in our lives where, where we actually find ourselves not, not exemplifying the love of Jesus in the way that we could. And I'm just as guilty as you, but I believe that, I said this earlier, now more than ever, if we will truly decide to be the love of Jesus, the hands and feet of Jesus Christ, then we will see people transformed all across this world. The first, the, the, the first thing I want you to leave with today is there are no limitations on the love of Jesus. We got to be people that have compassion without any conditions. Jesus knew all, all of the excuses that could be made by the people, but the truth is he didn't care. He tells this story and he knew how Jew Jewish people viewed Samaritans, but he was more concerned with reminding everybody that the love that he had was for everybody. First John 4, 7 says this, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. The love of God and the love of Jesus is for everybody. And we do not want to ever be people that put limits on a limitless love. I don't know about you, but I don't ever want to be somebody that, that just lets my humanity get in the way. And the truth is, jumping back to this story, it's an amazing thing because as Jesus is asking this expert in the law, hey, which one of these, pers which one of these people was actually a neighbor? He says, it's the one who showed mercy. 
And Jesus says, go and do this. He's basically saying, go and live your life. And in every, every space you occupy, in every arena of life that you're in, show the love of Jesus. Everywhere you go, show mercy to people. And I think about the expert in the law in that moment, he's probably thinking and processing like, this sounds impossible, right? Like how many of you in here know, like it is, it's hard, it is hard to love people because you and I are different than so many people. And there's moments where it's hard to love people. There's moments where we get tired. There's moments where, where, where we, we can't understand why things have happened to us. There's people in here that you've legitimately been wronged by others. And yet still, Jesus is saying that, that because of his power, you have the ability to love every single person in your life. You know, I shared a funny story about my kids fighting, but maybe you're sitting in the room this weekend and it's, it's, it's more serious than that. Maybe you're like, if you only knew the story of what somebody's done in my life, if you only understood how this person took advantage of me, if you, if you only knew the way that, that my neighbors are, the, the way people talk about me, if you, if you only understood what has happened in my life and still Jesus says you are capable of loving people, not because of anything you can do, but because the love that I can give you and the power of the Holy Spirit is stronger than anything that will come against you. You don't have to worry about being, uh, trying to love people on your own when you are filled up with the things of God. And I think that in today's, in, in today's culture and everything that we're seeing happen, there's so many times where, and it feels like there's thing after thing, we're like, man, how, how, can I, how can I meet the need? How can I show up? How can I love people? It feels like once again, I'm empty. And I'm just saying, and I'm just reminded this, this weekend as we're looking at a story like this, that it is our job to be a, a good neighbor to somebody, to say, I might not have it within me to continue to pour out, but I believe that there's a God that has this limitless love. And I don't ever want to put limits on the limitless love of Jesus. He wants to continue to pour it through your life, into your life, out of your life, to show your neighbors, every single person in your world, that there is something better in this life. The second thing is this, don't ask who is my neighbor, focus on being a good neighbor. Don't ask who is my neighbor, focus on being a good neighbor. It's this simple, when we love people, people will inevitably see Jesus. Because I said a moment ago, the truth is you and I are not capable of loving every single person on this earth that we meet. But I believe that the love of God inside of you can break down any wall that exists. And by the way, there's, someone, there, there's somebody sitting in this service that, that you're like, I can't, I can't love people in my world. I can't be a good neighbor to certain people because I have this deep hurt from somebody. And it's actually, it's distorted my view of what it means to reach people. Listen, the love of Jesus can heal your hurt. God's love can, can fill you once again. He can, he can heal you from the hurt in your life and remind you that, that he, can, he can continue to work and use you to, to spread the love of Jesus to your entire world. Uh, we, it's this simple. When we love people people will see Jesus. And sometimes we are, we are more focused on, on looking and, and trying to figure out, man, who, who is my neighbor? You know, something that's, that's powerful about this story is we don't actually know why this guy was attacked by robbers. And by the way, what if it was, what if it was possible? What if it was the case that, that he was beaten on the road because he had stole something from somebody? But you know what's powerful? The Samaritan man isn't walking down the road and he doesn't get there and say, I would, I would love to help, but first I want to get to the bottom of this and figure out why this man was beaten on the road. 
He doesn't sit there and try to figure out every single process, a step of what happened. He simply sees somebody in need and Jesus says, paints this picture. This is what it looks like to be a good neighbor. You don't have to have all the details. You don't have to have all the answers. You don't even need to know all the, the everything surrounding the story. You just need to see the person in need and remember that, that you are called to be a good neighbor to people in your world. And sometimes we find ourselves in a place in life where we are trying to determine who is worthy of, of love and compassion. And listen, I know this sounds intense. It's not meant, it's not meant to sound like a downer. Because this, this is a place, we come together, we spend time in the presence of God, the body of Christ. This is a place where we leave challenged, but we also leave encouraged. Because we live in a world that is hurting and broken and lost, and, and you and I, because of Jesus in our lives, we have the answer. But sometimes we go through life and, and we've encountered the love of Jesus, but we actually start to, to forget a little bit about how profound it was in our life. And rather than jumping in, it, every opportunity we get, we, we try to look around, man, who's the most worthy of, of the love and compassion that I have, that, that, that Jesus has given me? If you need a reminder this weekend, by the way, I give myself this reminder. If you need a reminder this weekend of, of, of who is worthy of God's love in your life, I want you to remember what Jesus has done in your life. What has he forgiven you of? Think for just a moment. Go back to the person that, that you used to be before Jesus came in at the 11th hour, changed everything. When you were so lost and broken and lonely and it felt like nobody saw you or cared, then Jesus stepped in. He said, you were created in my image. I love you. You're perfect in my eyes. He reached down and picked you up. And just like the Samaritan reaches down, he doesn't ask, man, who is this guy? What's his background? What's his history? Man, he's different than me. He sees somebody left for dead on the road. The Bible says that he bandages him up, takes care of him, takes him to the hotel. There's a simple truth that we talk a lot about at this church that giving is better than getting, that giving is better than receiving. And I love that we're a part of a church that exemplifies this in so many ways. Our heart for missions, we're sending people out, we're giving money to missions, as we're reaching the next generation, as we're inviting people to church. And, and I love that we are part of something that gets it, that believes this, that giving is better than getting. And this also applies to our love in action in our lives. At the very beginning of this passage, Jesus says, what, is the, what, what does the law say? And the, the lawyer says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And that word strength is actually, in the original language, it's translated to action. It's translated to the word muscle. It means walking it out. Jesus is reminding them that, hey, if you're gonna fulfill the law that I've already put forth, that's what you set out to do, that it's not just gonna be good intentions, it's not just gonna be wishful thinking, but it's gonna be you and, and your muscle, your physical being, taking the love of Jesus into this world through action. It's gonna be more than just, I, I, I feel compelled to help, but I'm gonna step in and I'm gonna help regardless of what's happening. Would you close your eyes all across this room? I want to read a passage uh, to close. Out of Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. And I want you to just listen to the words of this passage and, and let it sink into your heart. 
If you've gotten anything at all out of following Christ, if his love has made any difference in your life, if being in a community of the spirit means anything to you, if you have a heart, if you care, then do me this favor, agree with one another, love each other, be deep spirited friends with all in this world. Don't push your way to the front. Don't sweet talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside and help others get ahead. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage, but check this out. Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. And with everything going on in this world right now, it's easy to have a protector mentality. But let's not forget what Jesus has done in our life. That we're not gonna be obsessed with getting our own advantage and getting ahead. We're gonna put ourselves aside to consistently help others. And when we do, we know that they are going to see and encounter Jesus. You can keep your heads bowed all across this room. I wanna close with an opportunity for, for someone in this room that maybe you've never encountered Jesus. And even as we're talking about the Good Samaritan and the love of Jesus, you're thinking, man, that's an awesome story. I've, I've actually never, I've never encountered love like that in my life. Tonight, Jesus wants you to experience the love that only he has for you. Tonight, Jesus wants to heal you of past hurts. Tonight, as we think about having an impact on this world and changing the world, it seems like a big task, but maybe, just maybe it starts with letting God change us. But there's some people in this room that you're like, I, I wanna be used to change the world. And most of all, I wanna, I wanna experience the love that you're talking about. I wanna be somebody who can respond to everything that's going on in this world with the strength, the power, and the love of Jesus. So I wanna give an opportunity for anybody in this place that would say, man, I've never given my life to Jesus, but I feel like God is speaking to me. And maybe even as I say that, you're like, I don't even know exactly what it means. I, I showed up here tonight, or maybe I've been coming a few times. I can feel something in my heart. It feels like something's tugging on me. Something's pulling a little bit, but I'm starting to think of that that this is like something's going on inside of me. I don't, I don't have all the answers. Tonight's your night to give your life to Jesus. The Bible, the Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But Jesus makes it simple. He says that if you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, then you will be saved. The Bible says that the old is gone and the new has come. And there's, there's many people in this room tonight that you're like, I, I need a new start. I want a fresh start. I'm hearing about uh, like this, I could, I could experience an encounter, this love that I've never felt before. And, and, and I, I feel sometimes like I'm the guy that's been passed up on, but, but, but I, I wanna surrender and give my life to Jesus tonight. If that's you, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna ask you to come forward but I wanna tell you that it's the best decision you could ever make. You're saying tonight, I wanna to give my life to Jesus. I'm gonna to count to three. And if that's you, it's really simple. I'm gonna ask you on the count of three to raise your hand. And as I said a moment ago, that you're gonna confess with your mouth. You're gonna believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord. You know, man, I'm in need of a savior and I need the love of Jesus in my life. If that's you tonight and you already know it's you, nobody looking around, one, 
two, three, go ahead and lift your hand. Anywhere in this room, I'm just looking around. You can keep it up for a moment, saying I'm giving my life to Jesus. Amazing. Anyone else, don't hesitate. Best decision you could ever make. You're saying, man, I've been doing things my own way and it hasn't been working, to be honest with you. I want to reach people. I want to love people, but I need something greater in my life. Anyone else? Awesome. Hey, I'm going to say a prayer and ask you to repeat it after me. And even for those of you that did not raise your hand, if you would repeat this in support of those that made a decision to follow Jesus tonight, would you say this after me? Say, dear Jesus, I know that I need you. I know there's sin in my life. I want to encounter your love. I want to experience your forgiveness. I want your presence in my life. Forgive me of my sin. Set me on a new path. Lord, tonight I declare that you are my Lord and you are my Savior. I'm going to follow you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name we pray. Come on, everybody in this room said, amen. You can go ahead and stand to your feet. Yeah, go ahead and stand to your feet all across this place.